All gas, no brake. Waggy sauce, Gardner. The moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. Oh, listen, thank you. I don't know about slaying the dragon. Maybe it's becoming the dragon. That that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. We're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Jets Way Podcast. Jake and Lorenzo, tonight we are being joined by a very special guest. We're being joined by Andy Vasquez of the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Talk some Jets OTAs, get the latest as we inch closer to training camp. A couple storylines to monitor, but bro, how's it going? 2-1 Nuggets right now? 2-1 Nuggets right now. Um, Honestly, the NBA Finals, I, I expect the Nuggets to... uh. To, to take it i said i think i said nuggets in six before um man game four is going to be pivotal but um some, some some good basketball being played at the moment miami heat have to win next game uh, i i think they will win next game i do I, I i like miami next game we'll see we'll see i'm still standing by miami heat in seven they're a type of team where you give them a little bit of room that they, they will capitalize but the Heat need a little bit better from from the guys that really got them there. I mean, Gabe Vincent last game was not good, and it, you're just not. And Caleb Martin just kind of disappeared too. This round just kind of turned into a pumpkin a little bit. So definitely need better around Jimmy Butler and company. Hopefully Eric Spolstra gets those guys ready to play. But I believe in them. Don't believe in the New York baseball teams. I think the Mets season. Y- y- are you ready to write it off? Or are you letting go finally? Um, I'm just taking things one day at a time. Um, I think we're, um, for lack of better words, we're mid. We have terrible pitching, and the offense is anemic at times. So, um, very inconsistent play. But you know, it's it's early June. Still got some season left. I think it's two and a half games out of a wild card spot, which is is crazy to say. But you never know what can happen. But I, honestly, the things things are not looking great for us. I mean, how much longer is Buck Showalter the manager of this team? I don't know. I I think both managers in New York are are pretty brutal, but I mean, Showalter looks looks terrible. Up, I mean, I don't know if he's the one making the lineup or not. But how do you still play Daniel Volgo back on a daily yeah. basis, right? It's I mean, it's the uh, it's the question that all Met Met fans are, are need answers to because I mean, he's like three for his last thirty five or or whatever the number is. So I'm not sure why he's getting these at bats, but I think it's time to play the kids. Yeah, Vanto should be playing every day, and I don't know. I mean, the, Alvarez looks like a, a promising prospect, to say the least. I, I think he's a keeper. I mean, Beatty's kind of slumped a little bit, but he is a rookie. Can't really be relying on rookies to carry a payroll of, of $400 million. I mean, these guys, Lindor needs to step up. Marte needs to step up. All these guys that they're paying big money to just really have not performed. And it's – we'll see. I mean, Steve Cohen is, is pretty – out there and I think he'll spend and spend until they get it right. I think he'll probably have to fire uh Epler and, and Showalter, but he'll he'll get the right people in there. I mean as far as the Yankees go, it's just Aaron Judge is hurt now. Yeah. The glimmer of hope that we had, it's it's what is there really to be optimistic about with this team at this point? I mean, we were really reliant on one player as it was, and I, I honestly would be shocked 
if we saw Aaron Judge in July at this rate, I mean, we, we might not see him until the All-Star break, honestly, with that. Fra- it's not a fractured toe, but I mean, I've seen this movie before, man, where that, that type of freak thing happens and it's a month plus and this this Yankee team is just not good enough as it is. And you take Aaron Judge out of the lineup, it's like, uh, it's, it's they're, they're like unwatchable sometimes. I, I'm, I'm honestly glad I was supposed to game the other day. I'm glad that the freaking smoke, I mean, I'm, I'm not glad that smoke was everywhere or anything like that. But I mean, it's like, oh, thank God I don't have to go suffer and endure that. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, they're the New York Yankees. They're a historic franchise. So you kind of like almost have that expectation that they're going to right the ship a little bit. But yeah, man, I, I've seen some some very average baseball play, which is unfortunate because, you know, the, the football teams are up and coming, doing their things. The basketball, both teams made the playoffs and you kind of expected that to roll over with the uh, the baseball teams. And it just hasn't happened yet. I think the Nets are going to get Lillard, too, for whatever it's worth. I hope. I know you'd be a happy man. I would be happy. I, I think I think he's coming here. I, I think so. I mean, we'll just have to see there. And as far as the, the Jets goes and the big news out today before we have Andy on here, Dalvin Cook uh, released by the Vikings today. He's a free agent. Don't have to give anything up. I, I would be interested if I was the Jets. It won't cost you anything. It's another playmaker. You're a team that really needs to be able to establish a run and run the football. Brees Hall. We, we don't have to really rush him back. We'll have a real one-two dynamic duo in the backfield. I don't understand. I think a lot of Jet fans really need to wake up here. I would I would like this a great deal. And Dalvin Cook is also very good in the, on the goal line as well. Would help us out a great deal there. And he's a very good pass catcher too. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think Jet fans realize that we're allowed to have more than one star running back on a team. Like you look at all the, gr- the good teams in the league. They have two really, really good running backs. The Jets... They just have Brees Hall, who we don't know what he'll be when he comes back. But we don't. Michael Carter was not very good last year. Then there's a rookie. And then there's a second year player in Bam Knight. So I'm all for this. Yeah, no, I'm 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 definitely all for it as well. I mean, listen, we were talking early in the offseason about potentially adding Ezekiel Elliott, and I think Dalvin Cook is is better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point in his career. Um, so yeah, man, I I definitely be all in for that. Um, I'm a little worried about. Um, the Miami Dolphins kind of swooping in and 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 them having him, which is gonna obviously suck. Um, but yeah, man, I think if if there's any you know any inclination that he he wants to play for the Jets, I think we should we should definitely get that done. I I think Miami is definitely the the preferred landing spot for Cook. Yeah. I could see a scenario where you know he goes to play with his brother in Buffalo. I I wouldn't rule that out. Of course, it's in the AFC. It, it it is starting to feel a lot like, hey, it's Miami and the Jets with Buffalo as a wild card. This Jets thing has really caught a lot of steam, and it's going to be interesting because Robert Sala really praised the running back room in the offseason, and he did the same with the receiver room in, in, in OTAs with Corey Davis, right? And now we're, we're hearing from Rich Cimini, who said that Corey Davis is almost going to have to take a pay cut before the season starts. And this is a Jets team where – I think they need a, another receiver. These guys are just, they're not explosive enough for me. And they're not, they're not just natural separators outside of Garrett Wilson and maybe McCall Hardman too, but you know how it is with McCall Hardman with these injuries. So it, it's going to be interesting. It does feel like we're another couple of moves away from being a complete product, but it just feels like the overall expectation and outlook of this team. It's just light years ahead of wherever we were. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, it's nice to see Aaron Rodgers throwing throwing touchdown passes and OTAs, and um, just just having his presence on the field. 
um it's just it's just game changing but yeah I, I definitely agree with you about adding that 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 other playmaker i just don't know obviously if, if dalvin cook comes great but it's not like deandre hopkins is, is i don't think he's coming here um and, and I'm, I'm not sure where we can get another wide receiver maybe a trade um during the year but um yeah i i think whatever we have at wide receiver right now in this depth chart i think that's what we're going to start the season with if, if we're being honest yeah part of me thinks with hopkins he just did not want to come here and it's really solid yeah. just saving face i don't think Salah would openly say hey he doesn't want to come here it's very strange how he doesn't want to come here i mean he's visiting with the titans i mean th- it came out that this guy was looking for a-, a good quarterback a winning team chance to win a super bowl and this just feels like you're just really chasing after the most amount of money so it- it's very strange how you're talking about all these quarterbacks and you're scoffing at playing with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets team, but you're going to go and play for with Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I like, definitely. Do you think he's going to get more than OBJ? No, no. If he does, no, he'll take a pay cut to play for a little bit of a better team. Fair. But uh, yeah. So like to have on our guest Andy Vasquez, Star Ledger, NJ.com. So Andy, tell me. Tell us all about the vibe and the outlook of the, how long have you been covering the team uh, for starters? Yeah, this is my uh, eighth year. Couple. Yeah. It's, I, it, I feel like it's definitely been a couple. So you've really seen the, uh, the ups and downs, mostly downs um, during that eight year span. How does the vibe and the overall outlook of this team at one judge drive compare to past years? It's definitely different. Um, I mean, first of all, the, like the intensity and, everything this time of year you don't you don't see that usually and and obviously the hope and the optimism at least everybody's a lot more engaged happier i think like excited about learning the offense and the challenge that comes with that uh, and obviously aaron Rodgers being there is a huge part of it it's, it's obviously the whole thing but uh the fact that he's so engaged and so involved in the offense and uh you know seems to be hands-on with everybody there i think has, has made a big difference i, I don't also think like that it's um like what you're seeing on social media where like the bonding and that kind of stuff like it's hard to fake they film a lot of stuff so it's hard to fake that over and over again and you can kind of see the connection that they've built so i I think it's like definitely shining through and and the expectations are are high and it's going to be interesting to see how all this looks when um things don't go well, that's really going to be the test. But yeah, right now things feel different and it feels, uh, you know, like much different and it should because everything is different. And this is the first time in a long time the Jets have really been like contenders. And yeah, thank, thank you, Randy, for coming on. Um, wanted to stick on the offense here. Um, I know uh, Robert Sala essentially said that Dwayne Brown would be kind of hard to push out of, out of the left tackle spot uh, and wanted to ask about Makai Beckton in that situation. How do you um foresee that situation playing out do you see him accepting that that right tackle role if he you know if he wins the the battle but um want to see your thoughts on that i think it could go either way um i think like if you look at it makai beckton hasn't played a game in two years so um for all intents and purposes uh and he hasn't completed a game in longer than that he hasn't completed a game in front of fans in his career yet and he's going into his fourth year so it's hard to for any for him to say anything other than like let's be healthy for a week or a couple weeks in a row and and get games in, just from that standpoint, it seems just like that that's where you've got to start uh, proving that. And then just with the Jets situation, 
you know, Dwayne Brown hasn't ever played anything other than left tackle. Um, you know, who are you going to put out there? The guy who hasn't played in, in a few years or the guy who got hurt last year, played 12 games at a pretty high level and, and has played his whole career at left tackle. So, I mean, I don't see Makai Becton, like, I don't, you know, there's some chance that Dwayne Brown won't be ready to return um, in time for training camp. And that that's when things get real interesting because like, did the jets put Becton over there, even though he's going to lose the job to Brown when he comes back, probably because like, how does Becton in the span of a couple weeks uh, with limited reps during training camp in the preseason, like prove himself as being viable as the starting left tackle to protect Aaron Rodgers? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's very complicated. And I, I mean, I think the smart thing for Becton to do would be to, take whatever competition wherever they want him to compete like to do it i don't know if that's going to happen it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in training camp i i I have no idea what's going to happen but it's going to be fascinating yeah i say it all the time i really have a hard time believing makai becton doesn't request a trade if he's fully healthy by the by the start of week one doesn't seem to be interested at all in playing right tackle and i don't even think the coaching staff really is relying on him especially one that didn't draft him so that that's a situation and i'm all for getting rid of him too like elijah moore you don't want to be here fine the door is right there it's just there's real expectation around here we don't need that type of energy in the locker room you know yeah it's a complicated situation because like good on makai for like working hard to get to this point and, and taking care of his body and like you know, you're rooting for him, but at the same time, like it's hard for a guy to be making these demands like this or, or saying these things when there's just like, there's not a lot to back it up at this point. And um, he's just in a situation where the most important thing is for him to stay on the field for a little while. So it's like, yeah, I think the timing of it is weird, but again, you know, you don't know who's giving him advice. If these people really think that uh, switching positions really is not healthy for him. Um, or, or as a reason that puts more stress on his knee. Um, you know, if that's what he truly believes, then it becomes, I guess, a little bit more understandable, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird situation, but I think the jets are, their offensive line is, is well positioned, uh, no matter what happens and, and much better position than it was last year to deal with some of these issues. Yeah. The, staying on the offensive line here, another guy that's in a very unique and interesting situation is Connor McGovern, who came back after not getting the deal that he wanted in free agency. The Jets drafted Joe Tittman. It feels like, and it sounds like Tittman has been working at guard in training camp or the second string center. Do you think that there is a scenario where Tittman is the guy on opening day? And if so, where does that really leave Connor McGovern in the fold of things? Is he really going to embrace being a reserve? Because this is kind of a year where, He's in another contract year and he wants to get the money he wanted. It just feels like a very awkward situation to me. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, I think usually if you follow the money, it kind of tells you what the team or like what the sides project will happen. And the the contract that Connor McGovern agreed to was like a backup contract. So I I don't I think there's going to be a legit competition at center. Uh, And I think either of those guys could win it. My my guess is that. Tipman will win it and McGovern will kind of be a swing guy, but it depends on like how quickly he progresses, who Rogers uh, prefers. There's a, there's a bunch of factors there. And then obviously if, if something happens with the tackles, and this is another reason the jets are so much better positioned than last year, you have Elijah Vera Tucker who can kind of move around and then you, you throw McGovern at, at guard. Um, it, it gives you a lot more flexibility if, 
you know, one of these other guys gets injured or if Dwayne Brown can't go or, or if Makai Becton isn't ready, the Jets have a lot more like depth and availability uh, because, the, because they have that overall depth and availability, they have a lot more flexibility if things go wrong. And I think um, while they didn't get, make these flashy additions on the offensive line, it's just, they're just so much deeper and more versatile than they were in the past. And we got Max Mitchell now who has obviously like, gotten some experience and, and would be much better off for it this year if he's forced into play. And, and you got Billy Turner who, who Rogers is very comfortable with. Um, you just have quality depth and, and McGovern is part of that to where if something happens and you got to slide Vera Tucker out to left or right tackle, you got a guy that you can plug in uh, and you know, he's going to be ready and knows the offense. Yeah. And, and listen, last year we went through five or six uh, offensive tackles. So definitely, yeah. Um, definitely love the versatility there and definitely agree with you on that part. Um, wanted to switch it over to more of the wide receivers. You know, I know we brought in Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, Randall Cobb this offseason. Um, how do you see this all shaking out um, in terms of the, the depth chart? But especially with Corey Davis, I know he's owed a lot of money um, and might be taking a pay cut, might not. Um, but but how do you see his um, him having value on this team? Well, I think he definitely has like value as a big bodied receiver and a, a reliable guy that Rogers can trust to, to know what's going on. And um, I just don't see it happening at his current cap hit at $10 million. I mean, it's just like, like the jets have held on to him this long. It's there's no way that that guy is going to get that kind of money on the open market. Um, And it's just like hard to picture it like working out another way with them, like giving him a pay cut and him and I mean, probably ending up staying here because they, they're going to be able to give him probably an offer that's better than what he'd get on the open market this late in the game. So they have like control over the situation, but also if they, it gives them the flexibility to maybe add another guy who's out there uh, at a similar price to, to what Corey Davis is making now, who's a better value too. So, I, I mean, I think, he has value, but and I think there's a good chance if they don't add somebody else that he ends up on this team next year. But I don't think it's going to be at his current salary. And I don't think um, if they find somebody else that they already went after Beckham, um, I think if they find somebody else who they believe is a good fit. And I think with Hopkins, like it's just been pretty obvious that he's not really interested in coming to the Jets. So that's kind of why you see the Jets being like, we're, oh, we like our receiver room. OK, well, you didn't like a month ago with with Odell, but. You do now, like I, I think there's a little bit of damage control or or, or you know preemptive damage control there. So um, yeah, I, I think it could go either way, but I do not see him being back at the current salary just because I just don't think um, the Jets need to bring it. Like the Jets have, when they didn't need to pay cut Jamison Crowder a few years ago, they did it. So uh, I don't see them operating any differently for Corey Davis. I literally said that uh, right before you got on here. <laughs> I don't see how he's on this roster at this current price and they didn't love their Hopkins doesn't want to come here at the end of the day. And they're trying to do a little bit of damage control there. So um, definitely spot. It almost feels like poor roster construction, having Carl Lawson and Corey Davis, two guys that really let the jets down. I thought last year, and we expected more from counting for $25 million against the cap. So it does kind of sting, but with guys out there like Hopkins, who probably doesn't want to come here. Another guy today, Dalvin cook, was just released. The Jets were saying about a month ago at the uh, owners' meetings, Robert Sala, how they loved the running back room. You had Michael Carter acting like the GM uh, on Twitter, saying we don't need anyone. How do you think the Jets will go about Dalvin Cook? Because the rumors are out there. Well, usually there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, it just makes sense when you look at – I mean, I know everybody's excited about Brees Hall, and rightfully so, but it's going to be 10 months since he tore his ACL on September 11th. So um, the idea, even if he's 
he's I think he'll be back, but like the Jets can't go trotting him out there for 25 snaps a game for the probably until like you get to the end of October at least. So they and then you're relying on Michael Carter, uh, who has, is coming off a terrible year and terrible. It was really bad. And is he is he about a bit of con? I think he's going to be like have a big role, but like we don't know yet uh, what he is going to be and how ready he's going to be. I mean, he's going to be the youngest if, if he makes his debut when he's supposed to, he's going to be the youngest player in Jets history. So first time a yeah. 20 old has been out there. So, I mean, I think it makes sense to add a veteran. I, I think I wouldn't I always have kind of thought they would just because of the situation. Um, you know, I don't know if it makes sense in this particular case it depends on how interested he is and and what the price is uh they but they do have the the cap flexibility because i don't think Corey davis is the only guy who's going to get restructured i think there's there's more room that can be cleared there Um, rogers didn't do his yet right yeah and there's that's also interesting too and i think like that i I wouldn't be like there's nothing to worry about there i think like there's no need to get that done until you have to get it done so why not keep the flexibility for as long as you can so you can fit whoever you need to fit in uh, for this year and then they can kind of like figure it out as they go from there so um yeah i, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what they do but i would i i would not be surprised if they added a guy like dalvin cook just because uh you know aaron Rodgers has always had a pretty steady run game alongside of him and uh you know he it's not as proven right now the potential is there, obviously, but but for this year, I think it's going to be a little touch and go the first six months or the first, you know, six to 10 games of the season. Adding a guy like Dalvin Cook stabilizes things. And and I, I think the Jets would will be and should be open to it. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I would love Dalvin Cook. Just just worried about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jake brought up the Buffalo Bills potentially, you know, playing playing with his brother. So definitely he's going to have some suitors uh, and obviously 28 years old probably has some legs left, but. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh wanted to ask about um kind of the, the tight end room here. Um, obviously Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama are back, but um specifically Jeremy Rucker, I know he's been doing pretty well in OTAs. Do you see him having a, a prominent role in this offense? Um, or is it just, you know, a, a third string tight end kind of just doing well in practice? I would caution against reading in too much to anything you're seeing in May, just because I mean, what was it? A couple of years ago, Braxton Berrios was a was a superstar. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. May- Elijah Moore just killed it yeah. in OTAs and yeah. training camp. <laughs> um, I, mean, he, I mean, at least Elijah had a pretty great stretch there at the end of his rookie year. But um, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, like, I think Ruckert's going to get a chance. Um, I think like over Kenny Yaboa, he they're going to give him a chance and. I don't know what this means. I mean, you you know he has the potential. You saw what he did at Ohio State. He can block, and he has he has good hands when he gets the opportunity. So I think he has upside. I think he has um, he'll get an opportunity, and this is really his first real season because he he missed all this last year. So I think he's a guy to watch, and and you're getting to a point here where you you might be moving on from one of these older tight ends after next year or after this year. So yeah, they they need to get a look at him too. But I, I don't know, like, anything that we're seeing right now, I'm not going to spin it forward. You got to see, like, let's see how he looks in pads. And then I, I could tell you more. But, um, I mean, I think it's a it's where you want to see Jeremy Ruckert right now after he couldn't get on the field at this time last year because he was still recovering from that injury. So that's encouraging. But, yeah, it's way too early to, to be forecasting what his role is going to look like in the offense because, uh, you know, the, we got to get to real football. Yeah, even though it's not real football right now, Zach Wilson still looks awful in in uh, short practices. 
How long is this charade going to go on with him? Like, is he really going to be the backup? I mean, I will say looks, I I don't, I don't put much value in this, but like, I don't know. Like he'd not look, he looked awful in the red zone period the other day, but he was 10 for 10 before that. So, I mean, like he wasn't, I'm not, dude, I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying (laughs) it's funny. First of all, I enjoyed just tweeting out the stats of letting people melt down. Uh, Like I'm just tweeting the stats. I'm not saying if he's good or bad. I almost did (laughs) the other day. He was 10 for 10 and Rogers started the red zone period, uh, two of four. And it was so tempting to be like, uh, Rogers just threw two incomplete. One of them was a drop for a touchdown. And, and Rogers just threw two incompletions in Zach Wilson's 10 for 10 today. But, you know, I didn't because it, it would have been mean. But um, look, I, I like don't see a. People keep saying like, oh, what's the path forward with him? Like, can, can he get another chance? Like, how do you go into the season with this guy as your backup quarterback? Like, seriously. How do you like you're are you really a Super Bowl contender? And there's like, okay, if Aaron Rodgers like suffers a high ankle sprain week one and is out for five weeks, you're 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 telling that locker room that this guy is doing this. That's why you um, should have brought Mike White back. Well, they they couldn't afford to bring Mike White back because they still have to pay Zach. And yeah. Mike White, like is you know, the upside of that contract is fifteen million dollars, I think, or fourteen or something. So um they're in a they're in a tough spot because they drafted the wrong guy almost certainly so like the way there's like one way that that zach wilson could have a future with his team if aaron Rodgers said like on the first day he was here he said like that he really appreciates zach and and loves that the team believes in him because he believes in him and like that's important to him so if somehow like that the jets like have to keep him because of that um and Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and Zach Wilson goes into a game and plays well, uh, that then maybe there is some future with him at some point down the road. Uh, but that's a lot of things to happen. First of all, <laughs> the idea of him playing, like playing well is also, we haven't really seen that. So um, it's just a lot, man. It's a lot to ask. And I, I mean, I, I don't see how, like, how do the jets, if he shows anything in training camp in the preseason and they can trade him for anything, like how would they not unload him? And I, I just, and again, I, I have a very hard time believing. I mean, that Jacksonville game was like a public shaming on oh. national television. I mean, the like, New England game it was just yeah, cost him the season. Well, I'm, I'm talking about like just the the vitriol from the home fans against this quarterback. Yep. Like it was, he had to be humiliating. And like it's not like he's going to throw two if he throws two incompletions to start his, when his next outing. It's not like people are going to give him patience. So. I just don't see like how it works going forward. Um, and it's not like, it's not like the locker room was in love with him either. So it it's very hard to see them actually going into the season with him as the backup, but we'll, we'll, it remain remains to be seen. I, like, and I'm not going to read anything into what he's doing during OTAs. Um, and really until we get to some of the contact practices, uh, I mean, it really doesn't mean anything. Like, let's see how he looks in a preseason game. Obviously, that that's the closest you're going to get. So um, I, I just don't see how it works going forward. Yeah, I, I think I speak for all, if if not most Jeff fans, that we're, we're, we don't need to see Zach Wilson <laughs> this year or in the future. It's The ship has sailed. You know, his numbers are comparing uh, to, to Jamarcus Russell in his first two years. And obviously, that's not a name you want to be associated with in terms of uh, quarterback play. But yeah, man, that's that's kind of how how a lot of us feel. Um, another guy or guy that was loved in the locker room was Quan Alexander last year on this defense. Um, I know he visited the Steelers um, and is looking for a little bit more than the veterans minimum. Do you see him coming back or is it 
they're just going to stick with Jamie and Sherwood and, and Hamza as kind of that that third and fourth um, linebackers? I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to pay him more than their whatever whatever's on the table now is probably the offer. Um, and I, I like I I know Quan Alexander is a fan favorite, and I know like um, that he I really do think that he brought some of the energy and attitude that, that helped this defense. But I don't think he's like the player. There's some highlight plays, but I, he's not like, he makes a lot of mistakes in coverage. Um, he misses a lot of tackles and he's not this like key to the defense. I mean, they were still extremely weak in the middle of the field. That's where the issues that killed them last season in the Minnesota game. And, and obviously in the Detroit game and those games they had to have, like he didn't, He's not the he's not this game changer who's like the reason your defense is good or bad. He's a guy who wants more than a veteran minimum and is still on the market because nobody's paying him what he wants at this point. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. So anyway, I know he's a fan favorite, and I know uh, I think he is a great locker room guy, and I think he's important to the chemistry. But like, I think the Jets are are doing the right thing here, and there I think like he could still end up back here, but I, I don't I don't think I think it's gonna look a lot like last year where. It's it's in August and, you know, it, it's it's a decision that he comes to once he realizes what the market is. I mean, look, we're, we're just an injury away, though, from a disaster. We know Sherwood is not an answer to anything. Hamza is not an answer to anything. Surratt, it would be nice to bring Quan back compared to the alternatives from especially Quincy Williams gets hurt, too. I think last year he missed some time with that ankle, and I believe the year before he did, too. And Mosley last year was pretty healthy, but. I remember the year before when I remember when he got hurt right before that New England game, we lost by 50 to New England and Foxborough. So that's why I'm more of a proponent for bringing Quan back more than anything. It's just really good insurance. I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't think he's, I think they can find, I, I don't know what he's asking for in terms of, of financially what, what he's asking for, but I just think, um, you know, they can find someone, they think that they can find someone out there that's, offers a lot of what he does and they may be right. They may be wrong. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the defense is in a different spot too, than it was a couple years ago in terms of um, like they can, they can overcome. I think having Chuck Clark is going to help them. He can play near the line of scrimmage yep. and they can overcome a lot of stuff. Uh, mistakes they, as they did last year, they overcame a lot of mistakes. They made in the middle of the field because they have uh, two really good cornerbacks and, um, they have a, they had guys who could control the middle of the, the defensive line. And I think that's going to be kind of where the key is like, how do they adjust now that Sheldon Rankins and, um, you know, Shepard are gone, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying with Quan Alexander, but I just don't, I, I think like the name factor is overshadowing like what he is at this stage of his career. And he's, he's probably very close to like a league minimum guy. Uh, even if he brings a lot of juice in the locker room and, and, and um, gosh, I know, I know like somebody's going to see this and just, I'm going to get destroyed, but like <laughs> from, from him, but I mean, I, sadly, like that, I think that's kind of the evaluation of where he is at that point, because otherwise a deal would be done. And also the Jets have like a, other stuff they need to take care of too right now. So I just wouldn't be worried about Juan Alexander as, as a priority guy. Look, bro. I still don't know how CJ Mosley made the pro bowl last year. Can you stay on sides one time in Buffalo? Give me a break. Yeah, but another guy who will, <laughs> I think will be playing at his uh, at his salary. Yeah, no, that definitely. So, last question for you here, and you bring up other things that the Jets have to worry about. I would say the biggest question surrounding this team right now 
is Quinton Williams and his future. There's reports out there that he's looking for a four-year deal. They're they're giving him a five-year offer. Do you think they can get a deal done with Q before the season starts? Do you see a potential holdout in training camp? Just kind of stinks to have this type of, I don't want to say dark cloud hanging over them with so much good things going on, but it would be nice if we can pay, pay our own and really make this a year of first, right? There's there's so many things we haven't done, and this would really be a nice trend, a change of trend with this franchise. Yeah. Um, so I think event, like, I don't think it's going to become like, there's still some time, but now we're getting to the point where like, that's the next thing. Like there's no mini camp next week. So they have a practice on Friday and that's it. Um, and then like, it becomes an issue when report day, I think, you know, it's going to be somewhere at the end of the, like around July 20th, July 19th, 18th, somewhere in there. That's, that's where it becomes an issue if he's not there. I don't see them letting it, I don't see them letting it happen, especially because I don't think how far apart can they really be when you start looking at like, what's fair is this is like, has there ever been a, a situation where it's like more obvious, like what the deal has to like, where it's going to be like, he's around, he, he's, you, you can argue he's better or worse than Dexter Lawrence, but he's younger. Um, he's better at getting to the quarterback. He's going to get more money guaranteed. He's going to get more per year, but he's not going to get Aaron Donald money. So it's going to be around 25 million or 24 million a year, which is more. The guarantee is going to be like 62 or 63. That's what it's going to. And then you're going to figure out, I guess, how that works in years. Um, and I don't see the Jets like letting. Once he's not at training camp, you start risking like that. He has to come back and accelerate things because he's not like prepared or like you start you start risking stuff. And obviously it's a distraction. So I just don't see if if they're haggling over the years like. I don't see that being a hangup that that leads to him missing time in training camp and the situation turning hostile between him and them. And I think also like I don't think they canceled minicamp for this reason because it literally like they they would have if they didn't they would have had like four weeks that the players were off before coming back. But it it also like helps that things aren't going to be there's not going to be fines next week or or any chance of like him not showing up at mandatory minicamp or any of that acrimony there. So I think like. And when you see Robert Sala talking that confidently about something like he doesn't, he's not a guy who wants to look stupid. So um, yeah, I, I think like the deal is going to get done. And I, my guess would be like two or three days before the report, but I, it could, it could be sooner. Look, Sala can, can say what he wants, but we all know minicamp got canceled because Rogers is like, uh, yeah, I'm going back to California well, to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but seriously, like, that would have been that would have been awful like to give them three weeks i mean they already have to go to, to ohio um yeah. which is awful enough but no i'm sorry <laughs> nobody's from ohio you're really gonna piss people off this this podcast yeah well andy it was great meeting you hope to have you back on again soon and yeah take care man thank you for coming on guys appreciate it yeah thanks for having me thanks andy of course take care i don't know bro it sounds like things are looking up sounds like maybe quinning can be getting done Still want Dalvin Cook. Still would bring Quan back. Still don't think Michael Carter's the GM. <laughs> Am I missing anything? No, I mean you pretty much hit on the head there. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely nice to hear about Quinn and um, man, I, I really, again, like you said, I, I would like Quan back because I think Sherwood could be a, a solid player, but I just don't, I, I don't think we have to. Nah, he, he's I don't think we should. Player. I don't think we should be risking that at this point. Um, in our season and, and like you said before like he's a guy I know that um, can play 
um, especially in being on this team last year. So we'll, we'll love to have him back. But obviously, like Andy said, there's a couple things I need to get taken care of before um, they handle that. Totally agree there. Well, everyone, that'll do it for tonight. Please leave us that five-star review on wherever you get your podcast. Follow, subscribe. Bro, enjoy the baseball. The Mets will continue to make you proud, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, the baseball is just getting in- insanely unwatchable around here. We got the NBA draft coming up after the NBA finals. Well, we all know the draft and the offseason in the NBA is more exciting than the actual season most of the time. So we got a lot of time before we report the training camp. We get going with the fantasy football drafts and all that fun stuff because there's nothing like the start of football season. Take care, everybody. As always, go Jets. Go Jets.